We're here to talk about fear, spine-chilling or downright campy, from the perspective of the monsters under your bed. Throughout the season of The Witch, we'll bite into our favorite slashers, ghosts and ghouls, and compare them to their remakes. Prepare for chills. You are now entering the horrifying soundscape that is Halcon Scarathon. Welcome back to the show, everyone, and thank you for joining us on our final episode of our Halcon Scarathon. Today, we are taking it back to the 1970s, which was arguably the best decade in horror. The Exorcist, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Omen, The Wicker Man, the one that didn't have Nicolas Cage, Alien, Carrie, The Hills Have Eyes, Dawn of the Dead, the list goes on and on. There were a ton of classics in the 70s, one of which was John Carpenter's Halloween, which defined the slasher genre. Released in 1978, Halloween wasn't technically the first slasher film, but its impact created a wave that ripples through cinema to this day. Despite kicking off the slasher trend of the 80s, there's more to Halloween than teens making out and being taken out. Halloween 1978 is an exercise in suspense. Rob Zombie's 2007 remake, on the other hand, is the polar opposite. Rob Zombie sets out to explain the frightening mystery alluded to in Carpenter's version. It's vulgar, brutal, entirely lacking in subtlety. So today, join us as we take a look at the original John Carpenter classic, and as we try to figure out why the hell this movie was ever remade. Woo, Matt, we made it. We made it, right? Jesus Christ. I don't know if you're talking about the Scarathon or me trying to record that intro successfully. Um, I was referring to the Scarathon, but I, that too. <laughs> that too. That was a bit of a nightmare getting through that. But anyway, a um, <laughs> little bit of an off day, but what can you do? Um, yeah, no, the reason that it's an off day for me, though, is because I had to sit through the Rob Zombie one last night. Oh, and that's, boy. Uh, yeah, no. Um, I, That'll throw I, just, off your week. Yeah, it, it kind of did. So, you know, I hope you uh, understand that that was your idea. And, you know, my my week being thrown off is, is you know, your fault. So <laughs> I'll take full blame, but I'll also take blame for you having to rewatch the original. Okay, well, then that kind of evens it out. Yeah, um, balanced. The, <laughs> the original is so good, and I always forget how good it is. Even though I consider it to be, like, one of my favorite movies of all time. And one of the best horror movies ever made, easily. Um, I always just, like, whenever I sit down to rewatch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this movie is incredible. This is, like, one of the greatest movies ever made. And I feel like John Carpenter, like, you correct me if I'm wrong here, I feel like he wasn't even trying to do anything that, like, crazy. I feel like he was just like, yeah, let's make, like, a, like, let's make, like, a, sl- a fun movie, fun, like, slasher-type movie, and... That'll be that. Like, I felt like that's, that's all he was really trying to do. But in a way, I mean, like, maybe yeah. that's that's the best thing that he could have done is just be like, hey, let's just make a fun movie that's scary and, you know, not too long, not too, yeah. like, crazy. Let's just, you know, let's have fun with it. So It's simple. It's strong, though, in its simplicity, I think. That's what I think is so good about it is that it's just so simple and it's so, you know, like, I, like, I, I was watching it and it's almost relaxing like yeah in a weird way and i think that's what makes it so scary is that like you're in suburbia you got jamie lee curtis she's walking down the street with her friends they're talking about you know sex and whatever the fuck they want to talk about and they keep saying totally like that totally yeah (laughs) (laughs) you got don't fear the reaper on the radio at one point but it just is such a like a 
yeah, it's just such a nice neighborhood. And then dun 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 dun. dun there's you know William Shatner uh, walking around <laughs> following everybody. Um, yeah, but that, yeah. it's true. It does kind of lull you into this false security because you think it's suburbia. So this is the epitome of of modern safety, right? It's where exactly. everyone goes to to settle down. But you know, there's something sinister beneath that. Exactly. Yeah. No. I I love I love this movie. Have you ever seen this movie like in theaters, like no. on the big screen? Oh, it I'd is, love to. It is an amazing experience. I was able to do it at like the Tiff Bell Lightbox in Toronto a couple years ago. Oh my god! Best one of the best horror movies to see on the big screen ever. God, this and Psycho. Oh man, like it. It is incredible. And yeah, no, it's it's phenomenal. So. Yeah, this this is also a movie too. I guess we're getting like right into the the movie, the original. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um the thing I like too about this movie is that like you hear the plot of it and it sounds almost like every other slasher movie. It's like a a, a crazy killer in a mental institution escapes and goes back to his hometown to kill people. Like that's kind of it's such a basic plot. It's but, it's so beautiful yeah. in that too. Yeah. Cuz okay, so it wasn't the first slasher, right? Mm-hmm. But it's the first one, because before this you had Black Christmas, I think. Uh, From 74, yep. And Texas Chainsaw Psycho. and Psycho. Oh, yeah. Psycho, yeah. If, if, if you count that as a slasher, I I, tec- I, I think it's a... I think, I think that a, would be the first, the very first. I think that would be the first slasher movie. I feel like that's the slasher movie with the least amount of kills. Like, I feel like that's the... Yeah. That's how I would consider that. I gotta watch that again, though. That's one of my favorite movies. I love that one so much. Um... But yeah, there was already like this stage set for low budget, you know, kill count type of movies. Oh, yeah. But it's almost like John Carpenter, even though the the genre was so young, just took it and stripped it even more to its bare essentials. And it's just like the shape, which is what Michael Myers is credited as in the movie. He's just the shape. And so there's this shape. You're in a setting that should be safe. And you better look over your shoulder because anyone could be following you home. Like, it's it's that simple. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing I like about this movie, too, is every time I watch it, I I find that I notice something different mm. um, that's really interesting. Like, there's this one scene where Jamie Lee Curtis and her friend, they're in the car driving somewhere. And then I realize, like, hey, Michael Myers is in the car behind them the whole scene. And, like, they're going... And they're talking about, you know, whatever, like sex and drugs and rock and roll, I guess. Yeah, but I think like, they're smoking a joint, too. Is that they're that smoking scene? a joint. Yeah. Don't fear the Reapers on the radio. I remember that. <laughs> um, but they're doing, they're doing this whole scene where they're just, you know, they're just talking. And I honestly, I don't know what they were talking about because the entire time I was just like, Michael My- Myers is following them in the car behind them. Like, yeah. Holy shit. You know, like so effective so effective because you just once you know that you're like oh like fuck you know that this guy's creepy you know this is a really scary situation because he is just following everybody and it's it's terrifying so it really is it really is and it's it's so so iconic instantly that you know the following decade of horror movies were just people trying to recapture that right yeah exactly for itself almost Oh yeah, I we I in the intro I said the seventies was probably arguably the best decade in horror movies. Would you agree? Yeah, I think I think so because there was a lot of it was such a weird environment because there was a lot of kind of up and coming directors 
who were allowed to do whatever they want. True. Um, And they kind of set the stage for the next, you know, up until now, because, you know, because of those those filmmakers, we got this slew of franchises and sequels and stuff because they just hit it so big with these really iconic ideas. Oh, yeah. Um, And that goes for horror and every other genre, but especially horror. Everything, every horror from that era just feels like so grimy and real. Yeah, I like the way that they look like um, they just look so like kind of dirty. But that's mm-hmm. what I like is that like horror movies nowadays, they look so clean. And it's like, I don't, I don't think that's the way a horror movie should look. It should look kind of grimy and dirty, like you said, like that's that's the best part. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We, we were talking last episode, I think, about like we're doing an episode next season, which is. You know, Alice, Sweet Alice, The Brood, and um, Sisters, which are all like three 70s horror movies. And they're all just, they feel the same in in a sense that they're all just, they just feel kind of dirty and and gritty and grimy. And I I like that feel. And Mm -hmm. you get that in this one, but not that much. Like this movie, it's weird because it feels clean, but it also feels dirty at the same time. So yeah, it feels like a clean or like a, a place that should be clean violated, right? Exactly. He's like perfectly uniform suburban homes and these perfect teenagers oh, yeah. um, and kids. But there's a there's a, a evil, pure evil, mysterious force out there. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? There's so much about this movie that I can appreciate looking back after seeing this movie turn into a whole like just humongous franchise mm-hmm. of just how simple this movie was. Because I mean, like, what was it before? Like what what it became i mean is um you know michael myers basically became a superhero yeah and also like uh eventually in the franchise like a tool of witchcraft or something like there were some weird sequels later on who who knows i i've only seen um the only sequels i've seen are h2o the 2018 like sequel I've, I've basically seen the two where they're like no this is the real sequel no yeah. this is the real sequel <laughs> Um, and then I've seen the remake, which, uh, well, that's your fault, but anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, I, I do need to see more of them. I would like to see two and I would like to see, I'd even like to see three just because I can appreciate that they were like, okay, look, Michael Myers is done. Let's just, let's move on. Yeah. It was a you good know? idea. It was a good idea. Not a great execution as I've heard, but you know, I know some people like it. Some people you know, some very small group of people do appreciate it, but I mm-hmm. have heard that, you know, people do appreciate the fact that it is different and that it's trying to be something totally distance from uh, Michael Myers. And I can appreciate that. So yeah, the franchise yeah. could have been like an anthology series where like Halloween four would have been a different story that takes place on Halloween and so on. Exactly. Um, I think audiences were just like kind of frustrated with it because they were expecting Michael Myers and then the next three movies, they do like a whole trilogy about, I think it was like Michael Myers' niece or something and witchcraft and stuff. And it just, it got so weird. Yeah. So I'm not super familiar with the franchise in terms of like what happens in those movies, but I know like, I know the movies that happened in the order that they happened. And I remember they made three and then they made four, five, and then they made curse of michael myers which like paul rudd was in yeah yeah i think which is kind of funny i think he like beats up michael myers with a pipe or something at the end it was like 
completely like okay so this dude's been like set on fire hit by cars stabbed in the face like but yeah (laughs) it's paul rudd with a metal pipe that takes him out it's It's just funny too because like i know like paul rudd first off amazing actor he's a great actor yeah he's got a lot of range but he is mainly in comedies so it is kind of hard for me, like when I when I hear he beats Michael Myers with the pipe, because all I can think of is him and I love you, man, going slap it a bass. Like that's all I can think of. So I just see him like beating up Michael Myers, like slap it a bass, boom. No, it's true. The scene is ridiculous too. Like, and that's how they ended that that four, five, six trilogy, basically. Yeah, which is yeah, kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I think he was playing Tommy Doyle as well, right? I that I think that was the character's name. It's been it's been years for me, but yeah. That yeah, right. Tommy Doyle was like the kid that Laurie Strode babysat in the first oh, yeah. one. And then it's like, okay. And then I know that they made H2O and Resurrection, and I know at Resurrection, which you've seen, yeah. I know they were like, Jamie Lee, will you come back? And she was like, if you fucking kill me off, then yes, I will. But like... She's literally in the first five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a psycho treatment, basically. Basically, yeah. It's terrible. Um, I will say Halloween Resurrection has merit as like a really great comedy. It's it's <sighs> a ton of fun. It's so much better than uh, four, five, and six. That's it's, true. It's not as good as H two O, but if you want like a good bad horror movie, Resurrection is so entertaining. Yeah, it, I, I feel like that's a movie you got to watch. Being like, look, this is a terrible Halloween movie in terms of like scaring me, but like if you want to see a movie to laugh, like this is perfect. You know, it's great, and you can that's, also laugh yeah. at like the early internet and the weird <laughs> kind of like all the tech they have to use just to like basically live stream a video. Like it's <laughs> you can tell they were kind of trying to bank off that Blair Witch trend at the time. Yeah, that's with the found true. footage and stuff. It's it's hilarious and Buster Rhymes or no yeah yeah Buster Rhymes Buster is in Rhymes it, yeah and he like kung fu kicks the uh, Michael Myers in the end and like, oh man it, it's it's amazing it's, it's just so funny to me that they made that and that they were like yeah no we'll, we'll make this I mean like hey it's better than Jason going in the fucking space you know like it's about at that level it's about at that level <laughs> but not quite you know hey not let's get on ridiculous. a spaceship you know yeah um i feel like it's at the level of jason takes manhattan like the title you know yeah. i mean I, and i know you were talking about this a few weeks ago where you're like it's a disappointing movie because they don't get to manhattan until like the last like third of the movie or like the <laughs> yeah. last 15 minutes but that does suck though because like can you imagine him and like Manhattan, like I feel like the main characters would be like a like an up and coming like theater group <laughs> in Manhattan. Some, some theater kids. Some theater kids, and then like you know, like they go to Broadway, and then he's like, he, you know, he's he's like, I I I I don't know if that's in Manhattan necessarily, but like, can you imagine like fucking he gets on stage, you know, Jason and the Voorhees, <laughs> yeah, like Jason Voorhees on Broadway, like that would be funny, or Michael Myers on Broadway. I'd like to see that, you know. Yeah, I feel like it would be that scene in like Terminator Three when like he get he he needs clothes and he goes to the 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 strip club and the guy's like patience and he's like I need your clothes and she's like he's like patience, honey. You know that scene? And he <laughs> yeah. like beats the shit out of the guy and steals exactly. his leather jacket and like his. It's very obvious that it's like you can't really watch the movie and like take it seriously because you're like that's a stripper's clothes he's wearing. He's wearing a stripper's <laughs> clothes. But anyway, um. 
But yeah, it's, hard, hard it's, to it, take Resurrection seriously and a lot of the sequels in this. A lot of the sequels, which that's the thing is that like I've seen so many sequels where you're like, okay, like this has become something different. And it's the same thing with Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. um, where like you've seen so many sequels that have just gone so off the rails and become so crazy. Like you see Freddy versus Jason and you're like, they're two, two fucking superheroes fighting. Like the fact that it's called Freddy versus Jason makes them like these huge things. Yeah. But this, but when you go back to the original, it's so interesting because it's like, okay, this is where it started. And I can see why, because it is just scary that this is literally just a guy with a mask killing people, you yeah. know? And like the, the, the most blank, you know, mask, it's just this expressionless, uh, yeah. unpainted William Shatner face. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing I like, too, is that um, you don't see much of him, you know? Like, I don't think you really get that many shots of just his mask. Like, I think the first time I really... I I was trying to clock, like, when I actually saw the mask. Mm -hmm. And I think it was about 52 minutes into the movie. And it's, like, a 90-minute movie. So it's not, you know, like, you're well into the second half when you finally actually see a glimpse of it. Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah. I and it's, it's interesting too because you don't ever see his face until the very end. And when I whenever I see his face, it's still obscured by darkness and I'm like, I want to see more. Like I want to know who this guy is. Like what does he look like, you know? Yeah. They really balance that well with how much to show him, but still because that opening is so jarring, I think for the rest of the movie, even when he's not on screen, you feel that presence. Exactly. I I love the opening of this movie, that that POV shot of just you're watching it and you're like, okay, this is the killer. He's going to go kill someone. And it's like a perfect little short film because there's like a little twist at the end where like it finally pulls out of the the POV shot and you see it's this little kid. Yeah. Innocent looking child. And it's like what it it tells its own. There's so many implications like what the hell could have happened? Like, why is he like that? What's wrong? How could this happen in suburbia? It's exactly. It's really strong. This is probably one of the best horror movie openings of all time. It's like this and Scream are like the two greatest horror movie openings that have ever, you know, been on screen. And I'm trying to think of any other horror movie intros that are as iconic as as Halloween and Scream. And like, I don't think I can't think of any other ones that are as like nearly as good. Maybe Nightmare is okay, you know, but... But I mean, just so effective yeah. at setting up the mood and, yeah. you know, the the feeling going forward where even in the case of Halloween, you don't see Michael Myers for, for 50 minutes. But the whole time you you lose that sense of safety that the suburbs yeah. you know, bring just because of that that opener. Mm hmm. Exactly. It's terrifying. And you never see his face. You always just you feel like you're like. He's following you. You feel like you're, he's following you. Yeah, it, it's just so freaky because you're like, oh my god. Oh, you know what? You know what? Actually, you do kind of see his face, but like in the first probably thirty minutes when he's behind the bush. Yeah, and and in class, that's, right? That's true. And in class, but well, it's in distant. class you see the car. You see the car in class, but you don't really see his face. But when he's standing behind the bush, you see his face. But the thing is, it's from a distance. That's the thing. You don't see it like up close. Mm-hmm. Um. That's more the way that I, I'm trying to put it, but um, it's still it's still like just such a slow build to his reveal. Yeah, because you're like, wait a second, like who the fuck is that? You know, mm-hmm. so like, yeah, and it's just like, oh man, like 
<laughs> I don't know, man. This movie's just so fucking good. Like it's it's ridiculous how how good this movie is. It's the best so vibe for Halloween night, you know? Like oh, obviously yeah. not, you know, this year it's going to be different, but like kids coming to your door, <laughs> you're watching John Carpenter's Halloween, like you're looking yeah. out the window and then it, it's just like it it feels it still resonates today even though it's so old. But because oh, yeah. that that tradition and that that mood is still alive in that movie. It just captures oh, yeah. it perfectly. No, hundred percent. This is like the greatest Halloween movie ever made. This might mm. this might be my third favorite horror movie, like only like my third, but it's definitely the greatest movie that's like about Halloween. Yeah. Specifically. Or set on Halloween. Then again, I'm trying to think like what other movies are set on Halloween. I can think of maybe like two off the top of my head that are actually like set on Halloween. Well, of course, um, there's Halloween Town, the Disney Channel classic. It's true. Um, and there That's are all, other all Halloween I was thinking movies. Of. That's true. The one I'm thinking of is Trick or Treat. That one is yeah. also that one's set on Halloween. I'm pretty sure. Well, it's called Trick or Treat, so I, I would I would hope I would hope it's not people trick or treating on you know like the 27th of October where it's like what the fuck you're five days early, dude. Like piss <laughs> off. Four days early, whatever it is. I can do math. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think of Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie? She's really good. I think she's a great, tough, unstoppable badass. Like nothing, nothing slows her down. Even when she's scared, she's always like on to the next option, yeah. and that definitely solidifies her instantly as uh, a scream queen, hands down. Absolutely, like, one of the best. Like if she's second, then second only to her mom. Yeah, exactly. I would argue. I I think she's the greatest of all time. I think her mom is second to her. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, she's fantastic, and she's so good, and she's so likable. Mm-hmm. Um. Jamie Lee Curtis is one of my favorite actresses ever, and this is this movie is a big reason why because she's just phenomenal. Yeah. Um. And you know what? Like, this is her first movie ever, and this is a strong first movie. I gotta say, like, I I think I think I heard something like. She felt like she was terrible in the movie, and then John Carpenter like even said to her like, "No, you were great. Like, relax." <laughs> Which I'm oh, like, yeah. I, yeah, I, I just, I don't like. I understand. Like, it's she's not going to win an Oscar for this movie, but I mean, this is a really good performance, and like, there is a lot of you know bad acting that happens in this movie, but she is not part of it. Um, and to be honest with you, in some in some scenes, I feel like she outshines Donald Pleasance in some ways. Yeah, because like you know he because he's and he's great. Don't get me wrong. It's just I feel like he's kind of he's kind of subtle. But she has to she has to play the fear of hey I'm being chased by a murderer. Donald Pleasance has to go. Oh my god, I know he's a murderer. Like yeah, no shit. Like I'm sure if you were a psychologist, you would know that. But she is has to discover this for the first time so in a way i feel like she has a much harder job to do so yeah that's true she's great at showing that fear while Mm -hmm. still you know remaining on the move and never being like stopped in her tracks i think that's what makes her so such a such a great uh scream queen to watch exactly it's also funny too because they watch this movie and scream and i was watching that the other day um, it's funny, the, like the intertextualities of these movies, of these horror movies, where like in Scream, they're watching Halloween and mm-hmm. Halloween, they're watching the thing from another world. So like, it's just funny because I've watched all these movies just back to back to back and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is so like, 
Just reference to reference to reference, reference to reference to reference. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just hilarious. So, yeah, this one was uh, this was interesting because I was watching Scream and they talk about like, oh, you know, like Jamie Lee Curtis is the virgins and that's why she survived because she never had sex. And I'm like, you know what? It actually does kind of make sense because I'm like these other characters. I don't even think that they're really stupid. I just think that they're letting their guard down. That's really all it is. Oh, absolutely. Which I yeah. like, you know, like I don't I don't feel like any character in this movie is dumb necessarily i mean like i think if anything they're more maybe arrogant or you know just just kind of like careless but i wouldn't say that they're stupid i feel like you know that's the thing of the good horror movie i feel like the thing that makes a good horror movie is when the characters are doing something that you would be like yeah i would do that yeah i mean well, you know? who who wouldn't who everyone can relate to that that teen experience of you know wanting to to get out of the house on halloween and like whatever shack up with your partner or you know, yeah. do anything but babysit or trick or treat, right? So exactly. it's like the, the teenagers aren't doing anything bad or, or out of the ordinary. They just, yeah, they're they're so busy being teenagers, they, they don't exactly. notice. Exactly. And also, I mean, like, here's the... the I, I have, like, a bit of a bone to pick with people who criticize horror movies and are like, oh my god, like, if you hear, like, a creak in a house, why wouldn't you just leave? I'm like, well, there's so many fucking reasons in the real world. If you heard a creak in a house, you wouldn't just be like, oh, I just paid, you know, $100,000 for this house. Time to get up and leave because I heard a crack and I'm scared. Time to go home. Also, like, somebody whose house else's house doesn't creak sometimes? Yeah. I mean, dude, like, <laughs> you know, I was afraid to go in my basement, like, for, like, 10 years or something like that. And then one day I realized, like, I lived here for, like, five or ten, five or six years before that. And then I'm like, I need to stop going, <laughs> being afraid to go into the basement. Like, this is ridiculous. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it happens. But, like, at the same time, they, these characters, they don't know a serial killer is fucking running loose. They're in yeah. suburbia, for God's sakes. It's it's supposed to be nice. It's supposed to be fun. So. Especially for a movie that takes place in a cultural moment where there isn't this widespread, you know, the knowledge of the slasher rules, right? It's It's like the the opposite mm-hmm. of scream where they can watch halloween and break down all the rules this is you know the rules don't exist they're still being formed exactly the room the rules haven't even been made yet so yeah that's what's interesting yeah i love it it it's just such a such a great classic i think the biggest thing that always sticks with me rewatching it is that feeling of like this could be anywhere you know it's just like this made up town in america this little suburb. It looks like every other street you've ever gone trick or treating on. Yeah, and it it's so universally relatable in its look, in its feel, in that sense of being followed or or that paranoia. Just really nail it. it it's immediately classic from the get go. Yeah, like it just it feels like these people that live in this suburb. It's like this could have been anywhere, but today it was here, and you are now fucked. Like you have. There's no way that you can really, like, avoid this. It just happened to you, and, yeah, like, you just decided, like, you know what, this is the town to go to. Yeah. Um, you and, know, like, obviously, this is where he's from, but, like, still, like, you know, it's, sucks to suck, but, yeah, that's kind of the situation that we're in. But, so. yeah, we, you don't know. There could be a Michael Myers anywhere, right? And there really could be. There's not anything that makes him special or different because he's just this mystery. And I don't know if I'm jumping the gun to jump to the remake now, but I think that's what fundamentally doesn't work about the remake is it it couldn't just be anyone. Yeah, it's yeah, it's true. It's meticulously explained why, how, you know, why it has to be Michael, why it has to be Laurie, why it's all yeah. this 
tediously undoing any mystery or sense of tension that existed in the first one. Yeah, um, I think we can afford to just um, we'll we'll talk about like the remake and the original kind of together. Yeah, we'll go back and forth. We'll interweave them kind of almost. The thing that makes the original so good, and John Carpenter has even said this himself. He said, um, you know, Michael Myers, he's evil. And that's kind of that, you know, he's almost like a, like a representation of an evil figure. Like he's just evil. Mm-hmm. He's just pure evil. He's maybe the boogeyman. Um, that's just kind of how it is. And there's no and, explaining yeah. or sympathizing with that kind of evil. It's just like, yeah, it's no. just fucked up that it exists. Yeah. And that's the thing that I like about that, because the thing is, if if you explained it, then I'd know, but if you don't explain it, then I have to figure out why he's like that, and whatever I think of is going to be scarier than whatever you think. You yeah, know? and to add to that too, when it's unexplained, it's easier to like you know project onto your own life, right? Where exactly. like you know you're walking through your neighborhood in the fall, and you're like, that dude's fucking creepy, man. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't need to know his whole backstory. That's exactly. reality. You don't just know the backstory of of you know everybody. Yeah, and the other thing is, too, I mean, like, you can make a case of, like, this guy, um, Michael Myers, like, at the very beginning, you see his parents, and you don't you don't see them for long, but you see them for, like, half a second, and they're, you know, they're well-dressed, they live in a nice house, you can kind of make an assumption, like, okay, like... They're just average. They're just average people, that's what it seems like, you know? They don't seem like they're, like, any different than any other family, which is what's scarier, now, if we move over to the remake... Oh, God. We see that... Yeah, I know, right? The First off, the remake should have been called Halloween Redneck Edition, because that's what it feels like. It feels like Halloween, but for rednecks. Yeah. Where you see the fucking... Like, you see his backstory, and it's just... You know, he comes downstairs, he gets assaulted by his dad, his mom's like, <laughs> don't listen to him, and then his sister insults him, and then her sister's boyfriend insults him, and then he kills his his pet and then this is the other thing that really annoyed me about the remake is the first scene he kills his uh like one of his pets yeah and he murders it and then you know he he goes to school and he gets in trouble with the principal and then they call in his mom played by sherry moon zombie which by the way um and (laughs) (laughs) she's in a lot of rob zombie movies too she's 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 a regular she is a looker. Ooh. Um, but they're not good to her in this movie. They're not good to her, no. But the thing that I find weird is that she uh, is that she finds out then and there, like, hey, like your your son is killing a bunch of um a bunch of animals, and we learn that as well. But mm-hmm. here's the thing is that if we're learning where this fucking started, I wanna learn it right when it fucking started like i want to see the first time he looked at an animal and went hmm i want to fucking take that thing's life yeah it's so disappointing we're like that or if like the first time we learn about it was when his mom learns about it too because then we'd be as shocked as she is right exactly yeah but like the opening scene ruins that because you see him kill something and then you're like okay well he just kills shit and then you find out that's not the first time he did it yeah. And, it, and the movie doesn't take its time to be like, hey, look, like, pay attention. This is the first time he's ever doing this. The first, the movie is like, oh, yeah, no, this is average. And it's so frustrating because I'm like, I, I if you were going to do this, then you should have done it the way, like, I, the, I was thinking this movie might be, like, 
it could have been like Joker, like what Joker did for for the Batman villain. Like this mm-hmm. could have maybe done for Michael Myers. And I was like, I don't love that idea of you explaining something, but like I can almost look at it as like this is an interpretation. But there's yeah. nothing really to interpret here, and it's it's just so sloppy and everything. It seems like Michael Myers just doesn't even care. Like, it doesn't seem like he kills somebody and is like, oh, like, I've just done that. And that feels really good. It feels like he's done it a thousand times before. And it makes it really boring because I'm like, yeah, I don't really feel like you give a shit or anything. Like, I want to see you have sanity and then lose it. That or, like, don't try so hard to make him sympathetic you know what I mean? Because they, yeah. they spend so much time being like, look, he's abused. He's from a troubled home. His yeah. parent, his his dad's really gross. His mom's a sex worker. And like all of this stuff. They spend so much time that like for the rest of the movie, it's it, it undercuts the fear factor of it all because you know yeah. where that came from. Also, exactly. I just want to add, it is a weird message too to be like victims of abuse are like serial killer monsters. It's kind of like... What? What are you getting at, Rob Zombie? Like, why are you so yeah. mean about these these people? <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's it's bizarre. Um, I don't really know what this, what the message in this movie was supposed to be. And it's frustrating because I feel like this could have been done really well. Um, as well as it could have been, I should say. Yeah, I think, but, I think the yeah. message is the opposite of the original. Where the original is like, this could happen anywhere. Lock your doors. Yeah. The, this one, the, I mean, even the poster. I have I have a little image up of the poster here for the Rob Zombie's movie, and it says "Evil has a destiny." So it's like this couldn't be anyone. This is his destiny. This could. Yeah. This can only happen here and now and under these circumstances. And this is how evil is made. It's yeah. Like, come on. Well, that kind of yeah, like you said, that kind of removes the fear factor from it because now I'm just like, oh, okay, well, I well, mean, there's no Michael Myers here, like in, around me. I know that. There's yeah, no- <laughs> I know that. I'll double check with my parents, but thanks for the heads up. Like, you know, like, hey, you guys didn't, you know, I don't have a brother or anything who's like a serial murderer. I wouldn't happen to have. <laughs> nope. Okay, great, awesome. I'm good. Um, yeah, thank God. But yeah, no, it just seems so stupid that they they went this way with it. Like, it's it. It's so dumb. I also got to talk about the way that this movie is filmed. I can't fucking see shit in this movie. It is so shaky. It is shaky cam galore here. Yeah. Like, it feels like, a, you know when, like, Jason Bourne, like, and there's, like, an action scene in Jason Bourne? It feels like that. Yeah. All the time times 20. And yeah. It's so frustrating because I'm like, I don't really, like... We're sitting at a table having breakfast. I don't need the Paul Greengrass shaky cam shit going on right now. Like, it's it's such a... it's The original was so, like, you know, it's stable, calm, collected. And it's, it's not only, like, it's in suburbia, and then that's just kind of the way it should be, and it should feel like suburbia. Mm-hmm. It's also just, I want to know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. But, like, I can't focus when you're shaking the camera every two seconds. It also, like... When when you're watching a horror movie and everything is still, you're sitting there in suspense waiting for something to happen. Any yes. moment now, something could, could jump in. When there's exactly. just this constant, like, frantic pacing and movement, you're not yeah. really, you know, you're already at its highest intensity. There's no way to turn it up. So you need to, 
like there's room for that that kind of intensity but you can't just maintain that throughout because then you just it's the it's the normal there's that's it you can't go higher than that exactly i think that they do try to make it higher and it's really funny though looking back because i think the thing where they go higher with it is they they have Michael Myers stab somebody in the mental institution. Mm-hmm. And then they have Dr. Loomis and his mom running back into the room. And it's all in, like, super slow motion. Right. And there's dramatic, like, you know, he's holding a spoon that he, like, stabbed them with or whatever the fuck. And he's he's just standing there all dramatic and and just mad and pissed off. And you're just like, what is going on? This is so dumb. Yeah, it's this movie. This movie. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think this is the worst horror movie remake ever. Yeah, I was. I I've, I had seen this like before, and this time watching it, I was looking for things to enjoy, and I could only pick out a couple. I even though like I don't, I'm not particularly fond of Rob Zombie's work. I think there is style there. I kind of get sometimes what he tries to go for, which is like that grimy exploitation 70s vibe yep. he it's it's a little too constantly intense though that's yeah. a problem the soundtrack exactly. is cool i think yeah the, there, the soundtrack some... the soundtrack i liked but the other thing is too like it's very distracting I, though it's very distracting <laughs> the other thing is too like i i love the soundtrack of uh suicide squad but you know it's also <laughs> suicide squad no um, yeah that's a good point the soundtrack, like, I love when, like, the movie starts off and they're playing God of Thunder. Like, I like that, mm-hmm. you know? It just it just kind of kills, though. Like, I, I understand, like, he's a musician and he wants to incorporate a bunch of cool 70s rock music. Yeah. But it's really fucking distracting when, like, Michael just Michael Myers is escaping from an institution. I'm like, okay, this is getting... This is getting really good. And then they start playing fucking Tom Sawyer by Rush. <laughs> yeah. And you just hear, modern day, well, I am mean, mean, kind. I'm just like, I don't fucking need this right now. I, I want the, I, I just want to sit here in the moment. This is ridiculous. It's definitely not scary. Another not. another needle drop that like stood out to me was when, when his sister's like, I'm not taking you trick or treating. And it just love hurts starts playing. <laughs> like do you think like this is scary or something like this is hilarious yeah it's like i don't know if you ever saw that movie deliver us from evil have you ever heard of that no it's one with like eric vanna and they wanted to incorporate like the music of the doors with like this like exorcism possession type movie oh i actually did see that i think i saw yeah. the theaters on a date once oh gee well <laughs> yeah it's um it's just a weird movie because like there's this one part where they're in an interrogation room and the guy like he stands up and like I think he throws some shit back and then you just hear break on through to the other side and you're like this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. It's exactly like that in in oh Rob Zombie's God. Halloween 2 where like they yeah. there's a moment that like almost works and they're just like hit the play button boys this is my favorite soundtrack this is right? my favorite playlist. It's just so funny because this is like, what oh, what Mike no. My- Michael Myers listens to on his Walkman. Like, <laughs> that's how I exactly. There's some thing that's funny too is when you're sitting at the kitchen table with and you're seeing his parents and you're seeing like them arguing and whatnot. Yeah, it is kind of annoying that like, in the faint faintly in the background, I can just hear um, like Peter Frampton, "Baby, I Love Your Way," like playing in the background. You know. <laughs> Like it's his so his weird. dad is calling him names, and then you just hear "Don't." 
hesitate and i'm like why is that playing right now this is so stupid like please yeah oh, oh my boy God. it's just so many weird choices yeah, and this, yeah it there's i think there there's a way to do this movie where you do dive into the psychology of it all and maybe uh sure yeah like show the reality of a, a killer like this but this isn't the way because it's so mean-spirited. Like, at every turn, it feels like you're supposed to be disgusted by the characters. Yeah. Like, there's n- nobody's subtle or relatable. Everyone's saying the most fucked up shit. They're constantly, yeah. like, being gross to each other. Exactly. And I, I just don't... I just wonder what Rob Zombie's perspective is like, where he just, like, looks at the characters in his movies and he's like, I want, I, I hate you. Like, that, that's yeah. how it feels. It feels like he's looking at everyone in this movie and be like, you're disgusting. Yeah. Like, why? Why? It was interesting because I was reading up on it a little bit, just on Wikipedia, and it said he wanted to make the young Michael Myers kind of charming. What? Yeah, right? Because I, I, and I'll say this, I don't mind that idea. I actually like that idea. Because, like, what if, you know, like, Michael Myers was kind of like, you know, he went to school and he was kind of like a popular kind of cool kid. And he was like, you know, like, he was kind of charming. And then one day, you know, something snaps. He just kind of snapped and something happened. And I'm like, that's kind of scary because, I mean, like, you know, wouldn't it be kind of weird if you're talking to somebody and they're pretty normal and they're like nine. And then all of a sudden one day it's just... Oh, he killed his whole family. Like, wouldn't that be kind of like, um... That's hmm. what people always say, too, on the news when there's a murder, right? They're like, oh, he was such a normal guy. He was so charismatic, right? Yeah. So it would have been cool, but this kid is not charismatic. And I I don't want to be mean, because, like... I think he was one of the better performances. He is a creepy, creepy kid. Yeah, I just... I didn't feel like I, I... I don't know. I didn't... I just felt like it was kind of very bland and very kind of he just kind of sat there with a with a sour look on his face sometimes i don't want to be mean because you know i think the kid was like 12 when this movie got shot so like you know maybe he didn't have a lot of acting experience and i just don't want to be mean to a kid but like i mean i don't think it's his fault i'll say that i don't think it's i don't think he he didn't he didn't like ruin the movie or anything like that i think i think the issue is rob zombie being like you know like he's not really I don't think he really gave him any good direction or anything to go with. Like, I, I bet the kid probably read the script and went, oh, all right, well, do what I can, but yeah, it's going to be kind of difficult. There's not really much to do, you know? Yeah, they tried really hard. I, I really just don't get why this, like, weird need to explain everything. Like, right down to, like, why he wears a mask. Like, can can a creepy killer just wear a mask? Why does it need to be, like explain that like as a kid he makes masks and he never likes taking off his mask and it's just like guys nobody was wondering why michael myers wears a mask no i can guarantee you no one questioned that no one asks why you know why why does creepy character do creepy thing because it's creepy and yeah the more you explain it the less scary it is it's funny too because i was reading on that and it said like oh rob zombie wanted to um, give it a reason of why he wears a mask like a serial killer would like a real serial killer would wear a certain mask for a certain reason and I'm like okay but the reason why he wears this mask doesn't actually really make any sense because like you said he likes to make his own masks 
Yeah, he's like a little then, arts and crafts kid. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, one day, his girl, his sister's boyfriend is wearing this mask that he like bought at the store, I'm assuming. Yeah. And he wore it, and then he killed him and took it, and now he wears it. Now, that doesn't really make any sense, because if he likes to wear his own masks, isn't it kind of, you know... Isn't it kind of just stupid, like, that at the end of the day, he's going to wear a mask that he could just buy at the store? Like, doesn't it just kind of make the whole point that he likes to make his own masks kind of pointless? Because then it just seems like, well, like, he just spent all this time making these masks, and then all of a sudden just went, you know what, none of these are really clicking, I'll just use one that, you know... My sister's boyfriend got at the store that one time. You know, like, it, it, yeah. at least, like, you, like cut off someone's face and then wear that. Because that's at least, you know, like, you've, you've been creative. In a, in a, <laughs> if you're going to be a serial killer, at least be fucking creative. That's what I'm saying, you know? Like, it, it, be creative with the mask if you're going to make it a reason why. But there was no reason why he wore this. It's, it, it just seems stupid that Rob Zombie is like, I want to give him a reason why he does this. But then he doesn't really give it a reason why. No, he just so, he just yeah. wants to cover his face as a kid. And it's like, fine, but also, yeah. I don't I don't need to know that either. Yeah. Like, it's creepy for me to wonder. Like you, like you said earlier, like, I, I'll come up with a, the thing that scares me and everyone has a different thing. Exactly. So, like, why create this absolute reason yeah. It just, I at no point was I scared of this. This is like a much more intense gory movie than the original. Yeah. But at no point was I scared. I think if I had to pick out like one scene that was cool was like that last chase between Laurie and Michael. I think that was that was pretty intense and like yeah, entertaining, but I I wasn't scared. I'm going to be real with you. I uh, I don't remember that because I, I, at that point, I just zoned out of the movie. Like, I was, <laughs> yeah. I was totally on my phone. This was a hard movie to sit through because I was just like, I'd, I'd, I'd watch it and I'd go, I'm fucking bored. And I'd go on my phone and I'd be there for like five minutes. And I'm like, I got to pay attention to this movie. So I pay more attention for like two minutes. And I'm like, I can't do this. And I'm on my phone for 10 and I'm like, I got to pay attention. I got to do a podcast. I watch five more minutes. I'm like, fucking shoot me. I hate this. I'm on my phone. I'm watching the movie. I'm on my phone I'm watching the movie. I'm pausing and I'm going. I'm crying because I have to sit through this <laughs> shitty, shitty piece of shit movie. Also, why is this movie 150 minutes long? so long and and it really the first like 40 minutes are just him as a kid uh yep. having like grimy gross parents and uh making paper mache masks exactly you know and, one like, ha- of his having parents a- is <laughs> grimy and disgusting the other one is a super hot goddess but anyway but I the get thing what you is yep. the, I, I i'll second that but the way zombie <laughs> the way zombie frames her like she's framed as like a reason why he's fucked up yeah like like again it's just this like gross way looking down on on people who are clearly in a rough life circumstance like yep. she she's just like some kind of sex worker or like a stripper right yeah but she's just framed so gross and as like she has made the mistake of marrying an abusive stepdad and yeah. it's her fault her kids messed up because she's busy dancing like they keep they they in early on they intercut with her like uh, doing her job at the strip club and then Michael Myers like murdering people and it's like yeah. what that says in the movie is that like because she's a stripper her kid is a monster and it's like yeah. that's fucked up man like that I is fucked up. <laughs> I'm gonna be seems... totally honest with you I also feel like I, I, I honestly don't even know if a family like this would create a serial killer 
Like, I'm going to be totally honest. I don't even think a, 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 having a family like this would create a serial killer. Because yeah, that's when a- I hear about serial killers, it seems like it has to be a little bit, like, different to fuck with the kid's head. Like, this just, I feel like this would just make a kid who's angry, you know? Yeah, now, someone with, like, like life trauma. But, like, when it comes to serial killers, usually they're just, like, they're just you know, there's just something in them. They're just born a messed up way and like their life circumstances contribute to it. Sure. But then you get like guys like Ted Bundy who are just like successful, charismatic dudes, but something's fucked up. And that's That's way more interesting. That's one that I was thinking of because he does have a kind of an odd life. Like he did have an odd life. I think his like mother had to pose as his sister or something like that. And I can see how that would fuck up your head as a kid. But the other thing is that like there is just something just innately in you that would make you a serial killer. Now, I'm not saying that like, you know, like this kid probably did was just become a he probably did just become a serial killer just because it was just in him. But like they really emphasize that like the circumstances and the family made him a killer when in reality it's always going to be a complicated mixture of both that's hard to explain exactly and i actually think it would have been a lot more interesting if the family was actually like a super nice loving supportive family i actually think that would have been that would have been much better because the thing is is that like when you see a family like this where they're abusive and they're mean like the first thing is like okay no shit like no shit people would think that this would create a serial killer now if I had heard, like, oh, this movie is about Michael Myers when he's a kid, and I'm like, oh, he grew up to become a serial killer, so he probably has some, like, abuse and shit like that. And then the first shot, you see a loving, supportive family. That's I'd be, more interesting. I'd be thrown off, yeah. And I'd be, like, I'm very interested to see, like, where this goes from here. Yeah, because you can't just yeah. point a finger at, like, the cause. Yeah. Right? If if the family is, is loving and things, everyone's supportive and stuff, then it's... It's much scarier because you're like, what the hell is going through his head? But here, you know exactly. You know exactly what's going through his head. He hates his dad. He hates the bullies at school. He hates his sister. His mom uh, is, neglects him because she's stripping, apparently. Yeah. Like, come Which on. Which I don't even think that she's really neglecting him, but the movie really tries to make it seem yeah. like, oh, she's a bad mother because she's a stripper. And I'm like, well, that is fucked up. Because she's just trying to make a living, you know? Yeah. She's, she's literally trying to put She's food a hot on the table. mom. You gotta give her a break, okay? She's a hot mom. <laughs> she's doing what she can. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I got a bit they, of a crush on Sherry Moon Zombie. I'm not even gonna lie. I think it's pretty obvious, but yeah. And they did her dirty in this. They did her dirty in this, yeah. Don't I do that bring to my up... Sherry Moons. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You want to bring up uh, what? I, I wanted to bring up Halloween 2, uh, the, the Rob Zombie one, because it is batshit. I don't know is if you've heard worse? about it. Uh, arguably. It's more experimental oh and weird. And uh, uh, Michael Myers spends the bulk of it unmasked, bearded, and long-haired. And uh, oh, he keeps seeing God. visions of his mom with like a white horse. And there's all this like weird, surreal stuff. Uh, And Laurie Strode is, like, super traumatized and, like, super punky now. It's, it's, it's crazy. And it's one of those that, I I haven't seen it in a while, but it is fascinating to look at because it's much more surreal and just, just wild. Still not good. Still can't make any sense of it. But I do wish he went with something a little more abstract for this first one, too, if that's where he was planning to go with it. 
Yeah. Here's a question. I got two questions to ask you. If Rob Zombie, the first one, if Rob Zombie didn't direct the remake, do you think there's anybody who could have done a good job directing this? Mm. Because Rob Zombie, he does, like you made a good point. He does have a style. He absolutely yeah. has a style. I don't think the style works for, um, you know, Halloween, though. You know, because before Halloween, he did House of a Thousand Corpses and The yeah. Devil's Rejects. And Which I House remember a... liking both of those. I, I, I didn't see Devil's Rejects, but I do remember I, I did like House of a Thousand Corpses. And here's the other thing. I'm looking at them right now. They both are credited as black comedy horror movies. Yeah. So and like, they're very gross. It's like a similar vibe of like everyone in this movie is disgusting. Kinda. Exactly. I remember I saw House of a Thousand Corpses when I was in high school and I actually really liked it. But it's the fucking most disgusting movie I've ever seen. Like yeah. I remember I think I think I was watching it in like the morning and I was eating pancakes and then it was like the <laughs> end scene. And I was watching it. I was like, "Oh man, I can't do this. Like, I gotta, I gotta eat, <laughs> eat now. Watch it later because it's it's so gross." Yeah, but like, I don't know who is, else could have yeah. done it. Because here's the thing: this came out in an era where there were like there there were back to back horror remakes, right? It yeah. was constant because Texas Chainsaw had come out and it was yeah. a pretty successful remake. Uh, none of them really have stood the test of time. Oh, but yeah. Rob Zombie's Halloween is at least memorable. I'll give it that. Yeah, it's not. I don't, I don't know in who else. Way. Could have, no, no. But <laughs> I, I think the other remakes that came out at this time, like House of Wax, The Fog, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff, none of them had any style. So yeah, at least this one had something to it. The completely they, wrong direction, but there was style. Yeah. The wrong style, yeah. of course. But the one person I was thinking of uh, who I think may might have been able to do a good job with this is if they did this in the 90s, I think Wes Craven might have been able to do something cool with it. However, mm-hmm. I think Wes Craven would have, wouldn't have touched it. I think he would have been like, no, I think you hit the nail on the head, John. Yeah. So I don't need to remake it, which I kind of wish, you know, Rob Zombie did because there's really no reason for this to be remade and it's not really you know it, it it doesn't do any it doesn't do the original any favors no it doesn't add all. anything it actually takes away from the original yep and it's it's weird too because it's crazy that the 40 year old original holds up better than this like 15 year old remake <laughs> I thought you were it really say does the 40 year old virgin for a second the 40 year old virgin laurie <laughs> Strode. that's say, how yeah. she survived all this time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Laurie Strode, the forty-year-old bitch. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Speaking no, actually of of that, um, Halloween twenty eighteen. Yeah, I, I did want to talk about that a little bit briefly. Um, so look, I I enjoyed it when I saw it. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a decent movie. I didn't love it, but I, I thought it was good. The one issue I have with it is okay. So it's a it's a sequel to the original, right? Yeah. Well, the second the 78 movie? the 78 that, yeah the the or the third direct sequel to the first halloween <laughs> yeah <laughs> so with that in mind in halloween mm-hmm. 1978 how old is michael myers because you see a shot of him in 63 and he looks like let's say he's nine let's say he's eight or nine yeah i'd say eight okay eight so then that, that means that he's eight plus 15 years. 
That makes him 23. So he's 23-year-old murderer. Okay. Yeah. So now we're picking up 40 years later. Oh, Jesus. Now he's 63 years old. Man, he's so just now, been doing chin-ups. He's just, just been, been doing, doing chin-ups, chin-ups, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so now we got we have Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. In prison who's escaped. And it's just, it's something to me where I'm just like, I just, I find it weird that he was in prison for 40 years. Right. And then, or, and then now he's broken out and he's a 63 year old serial killer who's going to go and, and, you know, start (laughs) killing people. And I'm just like, I just, no, like, I just, I don't really, I don't really (laughs) like that. It's crazy. It's a little too much for me where I'm like, okay, look, I'm not saying a 63-year-old man can't do that, but I'm just saying I think he's out of his prime, and I don't love the idea that he's just able to kill people, like, non, like, it's nothing. I mean, like, does your back not fucking get sore at all? Like, I mean, yeah, they weren't, I doubt they were feeding him a great diet in, uh, in the psych ward either. Exactly. He wasn't taking his vitamins. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I never th- considered that, but you're absolutely right. That does kind of ruin my suspension of disbelief. I will say, <laughs> my favorite aspect of that film, though, yeah, and it's it's my personal favorite sequel to the original Halloween, because sure. I like what they do with Laurie Strode, that this trauma yes. has completely defined her life to the point where she has been waiting to confront uh, Michael Myers for her entire yeah. life. She's like a doomsday prepper who... You know yeah. those people who like like prepare for the end of the world and they just like trick out everything to be end of the world ready. And exactly. at a certain point, it's kind of more like they're rooting for the world to end. Yeah, that that's like Laurie Strode in in Halloween 2018. She wants the world to end because she's ready for it to come. Exactly. And I like that. I think that's a really cool character angle and makes sense in a weird way. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I think I might like H2O more as the direct sequel. You know what? H2O, I remember thinking it was bad when I saw it as a kid, and I rewatched it this week, and it's actually pretty good. It's yeah. solid. Like, I, I'll take H2O as well. Like, H2O yeah. and Halloween 2018 are probably the best. Uh, yeah. I think I like. You made a good point about the 2018 remake. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, just for the sake of content, I'm going to disagree with you, and I'll, I'll, I'll make the point of why H2O is a better sequel. Yeah, go for um, it. Just because. You know, like, I do like the idea of her being a doomsday prepper, but I do feel like 40 years after, I'm just like, oh, man, like, 40 years. I mean, like, I feel like at some point you'd be kind of like, okay, look. And I mean, like, and at the same time, at the very end of Halloween, I feel like not that much happens to make her that, you know, to make her that scared for 40 years. Like, I feel like that, that was like that. It's terrible. Absolutely. But it's just, I feel like I can't suspend my disbelief that she's 40 years later, still thinking about that one night. Like, yes, her friends were all murdered, but like, it is something (laughs) where I don't think that I'm not saying like, okay, your friends were all murdered. Boo hoo. (laughs) Move on. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, (laughs) um, live your life a little. I feel like 20 years afterwards, I like the idea of now she has a teenage son who is, you know, in high school, wants to kind of do the same thing. But she's like, seriously, don't do that. Like, I've seen this happen. And I just like that aspect of it more. 2018, like the way it kind of executes, I think it's probably more realistic, maybe. But... 
in terms of like H2O, I just feel like it, it has more fun with what it is. And I feel like, I, I don't know, I feel like, I'm not saying 2018 wasn't fun because there are definitely moments, moments of humor that are great. And yeah. I mean, Danny, Mc, Danny McBride wrote that movie, which is hilarious to me. And he did a good job, I think. Right. Yeah. The teenagers were super believable. Some of the mm-hmm. most accurate. Um, yeah. modern day teenagers written in a horror movie for sure yeah. but I, I i like what you, what you're getting at with h2o because i also thought like the the emotional core of h2o was good where it's like this mother who is yeah. coddling her child so desperately mm-hmm. to keep him safe and he wants to like push back against it and exactly that was a really interesting angle that i didn't appreciate when i saw yeah. it initially and rewatching it i was like this is cool like it's yeah it's pretty interesting also i mean like young joseph gordon levitt in Halloween H2O. Um, he gets a gets a hockey skate to the face. Right? And it's also just funny to me because I remember Joseph Gordon-Levitt was going on Conan to promote Halloween H2O. And Conan O'Brien was like, when's this underwater fight scene going to happen? Like, Oh, God. The title is the worst thing about The title is the movie. worst thing ever. Why would you call it Halloween H2O? Like, it's just like... <laughs> I, 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 in my head... Like, okay, like the movie is called Halloween H2O 20 years later. In my head, it's Halloween H2O just add water. That's that's what it, that's what it is in my head. <laughs> what if that's how that's how he returns? He's I feel like, like um, <laughs> in he's the like movie, a shrinky dink. Yeah, that's what that's what I was gonna say. Like I was thinking of it like he's um he's one of those things that you have by the sink where like you you have to put water on it and then his hair grows out. <laughs> Like a chicha chia, that those ones. Like he's a chia pet kind of thing. Like it's a Michael Myers chia pet type thing. Mm. Like that in the opening scene, it's like chicha chia, you know. And it has him growing his hair. And the the honestly, like the mask in that movie, it kind of looks like a chia pet because he, it looks really really bad. He looks like he's like like fifteen. Like, yeah. Michael Myers looks so young in that movie. The mask looks so terrible. The mask is weird in H2O. Um, not as bad as Halloween 5. Um, I just, oh, I, I actually want you to Google the Halloween 5 mask, and I want to see your live reaction. Sure. Because it is, it's horrendous. That's, hmm. Yeah, that's bad. He looks like he he looks like um carrot top, carrot top kind of, but also like um the guy from Say Anything, John Cusack. <laughs> he looks like John Cusack. Oh fuck, he kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck were they thinking? What's with the hair being like orange and all like slicked back? You know, I I think I read somewhere that like the director, like the art director or something, wanted to make him more human. But no, that's no, not the point. No, no, that's terrible. That's the opposite of the point of the mask. The the original mask. Okay, here's what. What do you think is the best Halloween mask? Um, the original, hundred percent. The original. Okay, even, what's the even second in the, best? The second best, honestly, as much as I don't like the 2007 remake, they nailed the mask. Same with 2018. Even better than Halloween 2, because Halloween 2, uh, the mask looks really bloated and weird, like the original Halloween 2. Yeah. It, it looks look- like he gained some weight. <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird because it's supposed to take place on the same night, and it always throws me off. Oh my god. I'm looking at it a little... Yeah, that... Yeah, it does look like he gained weight. I don't know what happened. I think it was the same mask, and maybe it just started to kind of deteriorate. That's true. I I haven't seen enough of these to really like 
make a good point, but... You- I don't know why they're so bad. Like, in the middle of the franchise, basically from, like, Halloween 2 to Rob Zombie's Halloween, the mask is just, like, off. It's all... I, yeah. I, I don't understand how... Why, why they couldn't just use the same mask or recreate it from the same mold? Yeah. Like, I don't understand why they're so wrong. Yeah, it's, um... Yeah. It's almost like Rob Zombie really focused on making that mask good. It is pretty good. Realized, and then he realized... I think the mask, honestly, I do think it looks really good. I like that it's kind of grimy. Yeah. Uh, but it's still the same shape. Like, I buy it. It almost seems like he focused way too much on that, and then he was like, oh, shit, I actually gotta write the movie. <laughs> And then one day he was like, fuck, I got to write the movie. And he was like, I had so many good ideas. I'm like, well, what do I do? And it's like, okay, just just sit down, write with the best you can. We'll get to it later. And then he thought the deadline was like in two weeks. It turned out it was the next day. And he was like, shit, okay, well, I'll, I'll write it. And then the studio didn't really care. And we're like, no, it's great. We love it. And he was like, really? Okay, well, I guess I just pissed greatness. So <laughs> then he kept going with it. And then he's like, well, can I do this, add this? And it's like, you got all the money, Rob. We love House of a Thousand Corpses and whatever the fuck. So yeah, take it. So then, Nobody said know. no at any point. But Nobody the mask no. was great. But the mask was great. They loved the mask so much that they were like, okay, like, you know, the producers were like, we don't have time to read the script. What does the mask look like? He's like, well, this I'm this I'm actually really proud of. And they're like that. You know what? You got the mask. I think we're good. It is on point. And, and it's a shame that in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, the mask is like completely ripped up and the bulk of the movie he's unmasked because the mask yeah. is like the most redeeming quality of Rob Zombie's movies. Exactly. I also just like the soundtrack, but then again, like it totally ruins the movie. Yeah, um, the soundtrack alone is cool, but yeah. the, in the movie and where they decide to play it is like what? What? Yeah, there's there are some questionable songs like that just shouldn't be in a horror movie. Um, like I, I think they might play like a Backman Turner Overdrive song, and you know what the song is that they play i believe they play let it ride by backman turner overdrive which is why like probably honestly taking care of business is probably a better horror movie song <laughs> you know that'd be great like a compilation of, of michael myers just like slaying teens and it's taking care right. of business <laughs> <laughs> it would be honestly yeah they play yeah they play fucking let it ride oh man I, maybe they play it during the credits i don't fucking know but Anyway, also it sucks that how they, I, I don't know how, but the theme, the the Halloween theme actually doesn't really sound as good in the remake, for some reason. They use it too much. Yeah, like right from the opening of the movie, they're playing it, and it just doesn't feel earned. Yep. So the yeah. original is so good. Like God, <sighs> even just like other than yeah. the theme too, like the actual score is so oh, yeah. great. Yeah. It's so, like, deep and, and methodical and and creepy. I love it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I really enjoy the, the music. In it. And they choose really good times to play it as well. Like, I think one time they play it. There, there are a couple scenes that I remember from seeing on TV as a kid. Like, I remember I was never allowed to watch Halloween when I was a kid, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember, like, the first time I, I saw clips of it on TV, there were there were two scenes that I remember. It was the one opening shot of the pumpkin with the credits. Yeah. I can't remember. Cause I think my mom was watching it and I walked in and she was like, Halloween's on get out. You can't watch this. And I was like, it's just a pumpkin though. I can just like watch that <laughs> scene and then go. But you know, 
Um, and then the other scene I remember, I remember I got home from trick or treating and I was like emptying out my bag and Halloween was on TV mm. and it was the scene where Tommy Doyle is at school and then like the kids are, are like picking on him and bugging him. Mm-hmm. So then he, like the kids, the three kids run away and then that one kid gets stopped by Michael Myers and he yeah. just looks up at him and runs the other way and then he starts, Michael Myers starts following Tommy Doyle. That scene I remember and I'm just like, that. it's always in my memory now just because of that, like, that kid, the look on his face seeing Michael Myers up close is so like, oh my God, like what the fuck is this guy? Like who is he? It's so you know? like stranger danger. Yeah. <laughs> It's awesome. Oh, so let's let's talk about the original just quickly. Is there anything you really don't like about the original? Hmm. I mean, the one thing that does kind of bug me is that the teenagers keep saying totally. And it just <laughs> felt like uh, writing the movie, John Carpenter must have just heard like a teenager say totally and was like, this is how teenagers talk. We're going to say totally every other line. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that's how people like teens actually spoke in the 70s, but it feels off. Totally. yeah no that's true um yeah that this movie yeah i i don't know i i kind of like that but at the same time i do understand why that would be a criticism but then again i mean if that's your only criticism i mean dude oh it's minor it's my it's it's, just i've seen it so many times and oh yeah now i just am noticing little things that exactly yeah no, that's that's a good point. I'm trying to think if there's anything in the original that I don't like. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I don't know if there is. I think there I think honestly, I think I like everything in that movie. It's pretty perfect. There's yeah, there's some issues with the like the acting's not always great. Like when that girl gets killed in the car, like the acting is pretty not fantastic, but True. The other thing is too, like I do kind of find it endearing of like the seventies and like you know, like these weren't the greatest actors ever, but like I do kind of like in the seventies how everyone kind of spoke like this. What? There's a party yeah. going on tonight. <laughs> We're going to have sex. <laughs> Call me later, Lori. Okay. Talk to you later. Totally. I'm gonna go fuck my boyfriend. <laughs> like I just I kinda like that it's kind of endearing that that's how people acted. And I like that. So Yeah, I think it also comes down to this being such a low budget movie. Exactly. These are yeah. these are all amateurs. I think it's almost every actor except for uh Donald Pleasance. Yeah, Donald Pleasance is is a first timer. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I liked. I know I saw like some documentary about this like before and I really need to see it again because it's such an interesting movie to learn about, the like the production of and mm-hmm. how I think they got Nick Castle to do like Michael Myers, which is cool because I think they got him back for 2018, if I'm not mistaken, which is which is nice. Um, yeah, I think there like, were a yeah. few different people under the mask in the original, but Nick Castle is the primary like credited guy. Yeah, he's the one who is like really doing like the walking around and mm-hmm. all of those scenes and whatnot. Great but body the scene- language. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, I think they got somebody else, and they were like, "It's not as good" because like Nick Castle kind of added, like, just the way he walked, kind of added something to the character. And it's it's interesting because like you hear that of like he's walking, like how can you mess that up? But like it actually is very true. Like, I mean, they did the same with like Freddy and Nightmare, where in the sequel they're like, "We'll just get anybody else," and it didn't work as well because Robert England just had this chemistry with like the glove. And just the way he moved and the way yeah. he spoke and everything, like it just, it was very different, you know. Yeah, there's so little to work with um, 
personality wise when your face is covered like that and he nails the body language and you can tell in in a lot of the sequels especially the later ones like they just got the the body is off they it feels like he's got football pads on underneath in uh in a bunch of them like he's just this like giant shouldered like burly guy and it's it exactly doesn't feel right i know he's supposed to be like big and menacing but also I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like Michael Myers. In a yeah, and like H2O, he really, he looks like skinny. He yeah. He's very skinny. You know, yeah, like he like smaller frame, still big guy, but not, you know, he's not. Yeah, he. Um, not a defensive like line. It's like he something. gained some weight in Halloween too. And then when they retconned it, he was like, okay, like let's, <laughs> let's get the diet right this time. Let's, <laughs> let's rock and roll, baby. Let's, yeah. I'm just excited for Halloween 60, you know, like when they when they yeah. retcon it for the third time in 2038. He's going to move extra slow with his walker. It's going <laughs> to be really it's going to be really tense. <laughs> yeah, cuz then he'll be 83 years old. Yeah. And it'll be like, "Oh my god, really?" Like I am curious though, would they do would they do 50? Cuz that's kind I bet of you they that's, will. I bet you they will because oh my god that's gonna be terrible and then Jamie Lee Curtis is gonna be there like oh my god this is fucking ridiculous and then he's gonna be seventy three you know it's gonna be at a nursing home he's gonna be at the nursing home like chasing her around yeah (laughs) oh my god so funny that would be so funny though if he had a cane like if Michael Myers actually had a cane and then he like pulled a knife out of it and stabbed somebody yeah out of like the handle. Why would this kind of actually be a good idea? We should write Halloween 50 or, yeah. or 60. We'll get it made in 2038. We'll get, yeah, um, just keep it in the drawer. Keep it in the drawer. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like an actor who's like 60 right now or like who's, yeah, who's like 60 right now that could play it. I don't know. Like we'll, we'll find somebody. We'll find we somebody. Yeah. It'll There's be gotta good. be. There's gotta be. Um, we'll get Michael Keaton. We'll get Michael Keaton to be in it. Yeah. Yes. He'll be Tommy Doyle. No. <laughs> That's a great idea. It's a great, well, I think he would have been too old. Um, I'm trying to think. Who, who, Who'd who be a good Tommy Doyle? I mean, Paul Rudd can always come back, honestly. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah. He'd be good. He'd be yeah, good. They, they got Anthony Michael Hall credited, like, right now to be in the in the sequels that are upcoming. So, oh, I don't know. Okay. He, he's not bad, but I would like Paul Rudd to be in it. That would be a cool thing. If we got Jamie Lee Curtis... Paul Rudd is Tommy Doyle, and then like I don't know, like you know, I like Judy Greer and and yeah. the other girl that played her granddaughter. Like that was a that was a cool like tri- uh, like trio of of women. Yeah, the yeah, they were stuff. great. They were they were great. That I really did like. Speaking um, of casting, I do want to just shout out to um some of some of the nice cameos. There, there's a lot of great cameos in Rob Zombie's Halloween. I think that's cool for like horror. That fans. is cool. Yeah. Um, I liked Sid Haig in that movie. That was cool. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ken Ken Ferry or Forey. I think it's Ken Forey from Dawn of the Dead. He who was, was he? He was the guy at the truck stop bathroom who got killed. Oh, yes. Yeah. Him. He's like a legend of, of horror movies. I, so I think that's cool. Yeah. The See, look, those are cool. But the I think that's the thing that kind of also bugged me is that like, I don't know every one of those. Mm. So then like when they get out and you see them and they're like, Hey, I'm this guy. I'm like, who the fuck are you? And then right. they, get they spend a like, lot of time on like a random victim. Yeah. And they're just like, who the fuck is this? I don't give a shit. I want to get back to like, just get to the fucking suburbia already. Yeah. And then, and then also why is Laurie a bitch in the remake? 
Yeah. I, I kind of found her unlikable, to be completely every, honest. Every character is completely unlikable. Rob Zombie yeah. hates people. He really does. <laughs> every character in his movies is always just like a, the worst piece of shit. Even his wife is like the most likable character, and even he is like, you create serial killers. So like, yeah. it's not a great message. Yeah. Um, Malcolm McDowell as Loomis is cool. I love Malcolm McDowell, so I yeah. think that's awesome. I'll interject just quickly one more time. I think he's the best part of the remake. Yes, 100%. The Mask and Ma- Malcolm McDowell, I think, and and Cherry Moon is, you know, she's hot, so yeah. there you go. I think those are the things that I like the most about the remake. I do think Malcolm McDowell did a good job um, with what he had, you know? Yeah. He did, he did the best he could. He did a good job. Agreed, agreed. He he was maybe the most sympathetic to it didn't feel like it felt like he wanted to help at least yeah it's it's also it is weird though that he keeps flip-flopping between being like hey like i want to help him like get better and stuff and then he's like he's a monster he's evil he's the worst person ever and it's like okay well like fucking make up your mind you're kind of being a dick like you're leading michael on like give him a break you know yeah that's true he's a serial killer he's had a hard life you could be helpful, okay? Be be the change, not the problem, okay? You're right. It is really inconsistent, especially because I think now that you mention it, in the second one, one of the plot lines is that, like, Loomis made a bunch of money off of, like, his book on Michael Myers and stuff, and it's like, oh, he's actually a good piece of shit or something. So even, like, everyone's got to be a piece of shit in the Rob Zombie movies. Oh, It's too bad. God. Yeah. Who else is in this? I know Brad Dorif makes a appearance as the cop. Um, Danielle Harris is in it, and she played um, forget the character's name, but in Halloween four and five, she was like Michael Myers' niece. Oh, and, like, okay. I don't know. They kept teasing that she would take on the mantle as Michael Myers. Like one of the twist endings was that she killed her mom or something, but it never oh, goes God. there. <laughs> never yeah. goes there. Uh, yeah. Was there anybody else who's big? Not that I remember. Brad Dorif, like I said, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the principal at the very beginning? Do you remember that? He did look familiar, didn't he? I don't remember. He did. He looked like an odd principal. He kind of looked... I'm not trying to be mean. He kind of looked like an albino. And I was like, I feel like I should know him from somewhere. But he walked in and I was like, who the fuck is that? And I don't know. He's a big dude to be a principal, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. He he was off-putting. I agree. Danny Trejo was like the good... uh, yeah, poor Danny Trejo. He oh, That's the other thing I liked in this movie. I liked The Mask, I liked Danny Trejo, and I liked Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was some nice little, you know, nods to, to horror and and that. That was cool. You can tell he's a horror fan. I don't think he understood Halloween, or at least he really wanted to do something different with it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be totally honest. I, I genuinely didn't really like the kid, but I will say the kid who played Tommy Doyle mm-hmm. in the remake is actually Skylar Gisondo. I don't know if you know who that is. No. But he he was in Booksmart. He was in Santa Clarita Diet. He was in the oh. big vacation movie with Ed Helms. He's a really good actor. I really like him a lot. I think he's a very talented younger actor, and he played a kid in this movie he played a very young kitty i think he was only yeah he was like 12 or 11 at the time right probably 10 when this movie was shot i kind of wish he played michael myers because i think he would have he would have brought like a a a charisma to it and Mm. i also think he would have been more likable and more sympathetic but also i think he could have brought that uh charisma that what do you call it that michael or that rob zombie was looking for Yeah. yeah yeah that's interesting i definitely 
I, I just yeah. think over they just went the wrong way with yeah everything, especially Michael Myers. Yeah, it's funny too because it looks like Skylar DeSando was in a bunch of these fucking like dog movies voicing the <laughs> dog. He was in Air Buddies, Snow Buddies, Space Buddies, Santa Buddies, Spooky Buddies, Treasure Buddies. Like oh he was God. in all these movies voicing dogs. So it is kind of funny that his that this is what his filmography looks like. It's Air Buddies, Snow Buddies. Halloween, Space Buddies, Santa Buddies, Treasure Buddies, and it's just like he's just cashing those buddy checks. He's just doing it, yeah. (laughs) Let's laugh. Let's have some fun. Let's you know play a serial murderer or be in a Halloween movie, and then you know come back to doing more fun stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. Terrible. Let's let's rank the let's let's rate out of ten the the original and the remake. The original is is uh, unequivocally a masterpiece. Yeah, it, it is. It is without a doubt a perfect movie. It deserves a ten out of ten. I'm going to give it a four. Um, no, I'm kidding. It's a ten out of ten. I saw you get. A, I saw you get a little shock there. I'm kidding. I, I'm startled. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. It is a perfect movie for what it is trying to be. And yes, I I absolutely love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are you going to rate the remake? If I gave it a 10 out of 10, it would be for the soundtrack uh, and for how much some of the needle drops made me laugh. You Especially are that really love sticking to this whole, like, every movie gets a 10 out of 10 because every movie is a miracle thing, which uh, I which I respect. But I, I'm going gonna, gonna to keep it up as a segment, but I'm also going to follow it up with, like, an actual rating and say... <laughs> Um, it's like a, it's like a three or four. It's not even like, it's not easy to get through. If you want a Halloween movie, watch the original. It's way more entertaining and it, it nails a Halloween vibe. Like put it on, on a Halloween night, right? As the sun's going down, actually put it on like an hour before the sun goes down. Cause the movie starts in the day. And by the time it gets to the nighttime in the movie, it'll be nighttime and maybe like pause and look outside your window, see if there's any trick-or-treaters, go back to the movie. It's fun, man. It's, that is it, fun, honestly. It's such a good vibe. I'll do that next year if trick-or-treating actually happens. Yeah, um, yeah, obviously, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give the remake a one. Fair enough. I'm not, I'm not impressed. I'm very upset with this movie. I am probably going to... I do have the movie 31, and I've never seen it, and that's a Rob Zombie movie, and I'm like, I will watch that because, hey, look, I will I will watch movies that he has made mm-hmm. that are his style. I just don't like that he touched the original and kind of did it dirty. Um, yeah. And he did his wife dirty, too. Okay, that didn't sound right. I didn't... That I, I mean, probably, but yes, yes to he that, probably, too. He probably did his wife dirty, but also he did it his wife dirty in the movie. Um, on yeah. screen, no, it's and he true. might have done his wife dirty on screen later. That's okay. This is getting weird. Anyway, <laughs> Some home movies. The guy uh, makes exploitation movies. Okay, I don't want to assume anything about him, but I can kind of assume enough that you know he's probably. Oh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's move on. <laughs> there, there are a few redeeming qualities to the to very the few, um, almost none. Like it really almost is. None, Just skip yeah. it. It's a stain on the Halloween legacy. I'd rather watch Halloween Five with the John Cusack looking ass mask. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I love John Cusack, so I, I I like that he was in a you know a movie like that. He's got range, you know. You know what? How old is John Cusack? Because maybe he can be in Halloween nine uh, twenty thirty eight. You know. Yeah. He's fifty four. You know what? He'll be like seventy three by the time it's uh, twenty thirty eight. Let's that'll be let's, age appropriate. Yeah, we can find a role for him. 
Oh, it wouldn't be that. Uh, he can be Tommy Doyle if Paul Rudd isn't available. Perfect. Yeah. That would Paul, be perfect. Paul Rudd might be booked with Avengers 12, so John Cusack is the backup. That is very true. John Cusack, what a, what a king. I did not know he was son of Dick Cusack, who was a filmmaker. Wow, that's cool. No, the, the Cusack family, they're an acting dynasty. Should we move on? It is time to rank our favorite scream queens that aren't Jamie Lee Curtis or Janet Lee because they are without question the greatest scream queens. We're going to we're going to talk about scream queens that aren't them. Yeah, and usually we do, you know, outside of the scarathon, we usually do like our top 3, like Greg will do his top 3, I'll do mine. This time we're doing it differently. We're just going to do a collective top 5 list. Yeah. Um we could have done our individual top three but we thought you know what why don't we do this why don't we do something special we'll do a top five list um that just kind of encapsulates all the best scream queens that are not in the jamie lee curtis family yeah Um, (laughs) yeah because i because there are so many good ones that yeah we need to talk about them because there are a lot of uh a lot of fantastic ones yeah so they deserve the mentions um, so I'm going to hop right into it. Let's do it. And the honorable mentions, Alexandra Daddario. She's great in We Summon the Darkness, and she was the best part of Texas Chainsaw 3D. Agreed. We got Marilyn Burns from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, who is basically, you know, was, didn't you say she was going to, like, conventions as a scream queen, basically? Yeah, I think I think she was really proud of her, her Texas Chainsaw legacy, because her, her main career became, like, convention stuff, so... Oh, yeah, absolutely. She should be proud. She was fantastic in that movie. Mm-hmm. Linda Blair from The Exorcist, she's fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, not not much needs to be said. Wasn't she nominated for an Oscar? Probably. I mean, she, she's a legend. Oh, yeah. I also, I don't know if I told you, I got a shirt the other day, which was The Exorcist, and it has Linda Blair's face, like, with the with their, their eyes all white. It's an awesome shirt. That's so, so cool. Oh, yeah. Marley Shelton, she's in Valentine, which is a really shitty horror movie, but it's kind of funny. Um, and Grindhouse. Mm. She was also in Scream 4. She's great. I like her a lot. And we got Allie Larder from the Final Destination movies. She's been in a couple other things, too, I'm pretty sure. Oh, she was in Resident Evil, those movies as well. Right. Not great movies, not great franchises, but, you great know. Great Scream Queen. Great Scream Queen. Gorgeous, too. I'm really getting a little, I think it's getting a little out of hand with me calling everybody <laughs> hot every 10 seconds. So I apologize if anybody's offended, but anyway, uh, you know. Uh, Neve, is it Neve or Nev? I, I usually say Neve. But Let's say Neve wrong. Campbell. Neve Campbell from the Scream movie. She was also in The Craft. The Craft um, is awesome. The Craft is awesome. Being remade. Let's hope Zoe Lister-Jones does a good job. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she will. Uh, Angela Bettis from May and the most recent uh, 12-hour shift, which I haven't seen yet, but it is uh, on my iTunes account, rented and ready to watch. So I'll have to do that after this podcast. Mm-hmm. We got Chloe Grace Moretz. She was in Suspiria. She was in Amityville Horror. She's been in a ton of other stuff. Got Sarah Paulson from American Horror Story. Yeah. Got Carla Gugino and Kate Siegel, both actresses from The Haunting of Hill House and other Mike Flanagan productions. Got Margot Kidder. She was in Black Christmas, also in Sisters, which we're going to talk about in season two. We got Sherry Moon Zombie um, in a bunch of her husband's projects. She's great. She's hot. (laughs) 
We got uh, Jane Levy from The Evil Dead and Don't Breathe. She's really and good. She's really fantastic. And then we got Vera and Teisa Farmiga from... Um, well, Teisa was in... Teisa? I don't know if I'm saying it right. My apologies. She was in American Horror Story and Final Girls, while Vera Farmiga was in Orphan and The Conjuring Films. So... She's been in quite a bit of great stuff. And last but certainly not least, we've got Mark Patton, who is the first male scream queen from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Poor guy had a had a bit of a rough, you know, reception after that movie, but I thought he was great in that movie. And he deserves I, a mention. He definitely deserves a mention. I genuinely think he was fantastic, and I'm, I, I hope that he's doing well. Yeah. Um, and that's just the honorable mentions. So many, so many. And everyone's so going to have their own personal favorites. It's such a, you oh, know, yeah. a personal thing, whichever Scream Queen you gravitate towards. Although, exactly. I will not stand to listen to anyone say that Jamie Lee Curtis isn't the best Scream Queen. Exactly. Yeah, the only person that I would let them say is better than her is Janet Lee. Exactly. But, you know, then again, like, Janet Lee basically created Jamie Lee Curtis, so I feel like that's at least respectable in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I We honestly could have done like a top 10 list. Um, it hurts a little bit that Carla Gugino and Vera Farmiga and Jane Levy aren't on the top 10 list, but or aren't on our top five, but our top five, it was really hard to make this, but you know, those, those honorable mentions, they're all fantastic. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Number five, we got Heather Langenkamp from the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. <laughs> She's awesome. She was probably my favorite growing up. I had the biggest crush on her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like my first yeah. Scream Queen crush. <laughs> She's fantastic. She was super likable on Nightmare on Elm Street. It, this feels like so full circle because that was the first movie we talked about in the Scarathon. And now we're ending it off by talking about our favorite Scream Queens. And it's true. She's fantastic. She definitely deserves a spot on the list. Although she only really did Nightmare on Elm Street movies as like a as her horror movie kind of background, Mm -hmm. she was fantastic. And it's also nice because in the first one, she's good, but I feel like by the time she gets to new nightmare, she's giving an amazing performance. So it's nice to see her grow as the movies kind of progress. So that's also very cool to see. Absolutely. Um, Number four, we got Lily Taylor. She was in the haunting, which sucked, but she was also in the addiction uh, directed by Abel Ferrara. And she was also in the conjuring and Leatherface, a uh, prequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She's really great, and she's not your typical Scream Queen. She's a bit older, but she's also a really phenomenal actress, and yeah, she deserves a mention for sure. Hell yeah. This one, this one's one that you're really big on is uh, Anya Taylor-Joy at number three. Yeah. She's in Split and Glass, if you want to count Glass as a horror movie. I don't know. But she was also in The Witch She's also been in a couple other things. Isn't she just phenomenal? She's so good. She's an, she's one of the Scream Queens who kind of like transcends just the Scream Queen and is a really, really strong performer. And she, oh, yeah. she, she's just magnetic on screen. If if anyone listening hasn't seen Thoroughbreds, that is probably my favorite movie of hers in it. Maybe that yeah. and The Witch. But yeah, she's oh, just yeah. she's powerful and belongs on the list. I need to rewatch uh, Thoroughbreds, but I did when I saw it. I was I I loved her in it. I thought that she mm-hmm. was fantastic in it. It's also sad that was I think that was on Anton Yelkin's last movie. Yeah, it was fucking tragic. But um, yeah, no that that's one I got to check out again. It's the guy who directed Bad Education too, right? Yes. Yeah. I got to check that out. 
Number two, we got Sarah Michelle Gellar. This one, she has to be at number two because she literally had her own TV show that was basically, hey, I'm a scream queen, but I can also kick ass. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer has to be on their top five scream queens of all time. And also, she was in Scream 2 and probably had one of the best scenes in the whole Scream franchise. Yeah. As well as she was the best part of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah. No, absolute icon. And if... You know, she, she she defined one of the most influential shows of the past 20 years. If you go back and watch Buffy now, it has aged so well. And you can see the effect it's had on, like, all comic book movies. Because it's, even though it's not based on a comic, it is very comics. It's Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah she she's perfect in it. I cannot wait to go back to watch uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm, I love it. It's fantastic. And our number one on our top five favorite Scream Queens of all time is Tony Collette. Yeah. Hereditary, The Sixth Sense, Velvet Buzzsaw, a couple other things. I, I, I wouldn't consider it a horror movie, but if you want to talk about it, I'm thinking of ending things. Hey, I can't, it did give me nightmares, so. Yeah. You know? Um, it really did. That was a fucking weird movie, man. Weird movie. Anyway. She's fantastic, and she deserves the number one spot because she should have won the Oscar for Hereditary, and somehow she wasn't even nom- she wasn't even nominated. I don't think, right? It's wild. She's it's a very real. Wild. She's a real prestige actor or actress, and yeah, big respect to her. She's she's another one who just goes beyond being just the scream queen. She's amazing. Oh yeah, you know what's something funny. I've never actually seen The Sixth Sense. Really? All the way through. I've saw I saw about the first half of it when I was a kid and it was so it was too much and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I, I remember turning it off, uh being I, like this is too scary. It's one of those that I never enjoyed that much because I grew up knowing the twist. So Yeah. I, I never really true. revisited it. Yeah, it's one I know what the twist is. I mean, then again, who the, who doesn't know what the twist is? Yeah. You know, it's like the definition of twist ending. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like not knowing that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's dad. Like that's you know, it's that big, uh, it's that famous. But it is something where I'm like, oh, I really just, <laughs> I I need to go back and and see it because. Yeah, like I'm a I'm a grown man now, and I need to stop being afraid to watch this movie. <laughs> I should give it another chance too. Oh man, I do have it. This I think that's one that I'm like I need to see this Halloween. Like I need to see Halloween movies I've never seen before, and I know that that's one of them. But I'm just like God, that was really scary as a kid. I hated, <laughs> I hated sitting through it. It really freaked me out. And I tried to watch it on cable like a year or two ago, and I was watching the beginning of it, and I'm like, nope, I don't like it. It's too scary. It's too weird. So <laughs> a strong effect on you. Had a strong effect on me. I I don't get scared too easily, but this one is just weird. And I'm like, nope, I don't like that. Okay, I don't. I do not like that. Well, then it sounds like it's perfect for the Halloween season. Then it does. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, that about wraps it up, folks, for our entire Holocon Scarathon series. I hope anyone listening enjoyed our look back at some of our favorite horror movies and their not great, sometimes good remakes. There were a few good remakes in there. <laughs> there, there definitely. There were at least two. Not among them is Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yeah. It's funny, actually, you say that because, like, three of the remakes we talked about were actually really good. There was Suspiria, there was Evil Dead, and there was The Thing. Yeah, I think we I, I, I think we tried to fill it out with movies that we weren't going to hate watching. Um, 
Exactly. But we got we had to have some trash on there, and we ended it on some of the peak trash. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that about does it, folks. You can find us and all our relevant social media links on halconmedia.com h-a-l-l-k-o-n.com follow us on instagram greg and matt movie chat get involved in the chat trivia all that stuff from matt himself follow us on twitter halcon media and our youtube same tag halcon media and until then stay spooky oh also next week the coen brothers get ready